narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. We're expecting a night of pardon coverage, and and we didn't get quite get the pardon coverage, but we still get Glenn Kirshner joining us. Hello, Which Glenn. How are you? Because as I see, the list is still frozen at January thirteenth. Nothing new being announced. Uh, so he's just waiting until the very last minute, it might seem. Yeah, the night of a thousand pardons. We're yeah. waiting and waiting, and um, I can't wait to start seeing if this administration will challenge them in court because there are lots of ways and lots of reasons to challenge corruptly delivered pardons. And the presidential pardon purists drive me nuts. Many here, of here. them, I'm sure, are much smarter than I am, but I happen to believe, based on my 30 smart, years right? arguing cases in front of judges, that judges will not endure or endorse criminally delivered pardons. They're not going to do it. And there are so What does that mean? Just explain what a criminally uh, delivered pardon is. Let's start with, um, should we start with a self-pardon or a pardon of another? Whichever, whichever you want to go. So. Kid. I want to know, can you pardon your kid who you co-conspired, yeah. had a co-conspiracy with to go ahead and incite an insurrection and carry it out? I would say How you can that? pardon your kids unless you're pardoning them for crimes for which you are guilty as a co-conspirator, mm. right? I don't believe the president can 100%. pardon himself and everything else flows from that. Let's start with that. 1974 Office of Legal Counsel memo without a lot of analysis said, because no man can be a judge in his own case, it is unlawful, unconstitutional for a president to pardon himself. You know, let's embrace an OLC memo for a chance. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that one. I like it too. So here's the thing, if he pardons himself, first of all, we must challenge that in court because if we yes. don't, it will become part of the American fabric. And for all of time, every president will say, Donald Trump did it and it wasn't challenged, right. so I can do it. It will become ingrained in the American psyche that a president can pardon himself. So if a president pardons himself and we take it to court, the judiciary will not put the president beyond the reach of the law and above the judiciary, which is exactly what he would be doing if he was allowed to pardon himself. This is, it sounds like a hyperbolic hypothetical, but it's really not. Donald Trump wipes out the US Treasury, takes all of our tax dollars and pardons himself for the theft. Mm. And, this, and the Supreme good. Court is gonna say, that's good, good to go, nothing good, we can do about job. it. If the Supreme Court wanted to put the president beyond the reach of the law and above the judiciary, they would have done it in July when mm -hmm. his when his attorneys were arguing he has absolute immunity. He is immune from subpoenas and from the system generally. His own two draft picks, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, said, no, he's not. Get back to court in New York. Right. No one is above the law. That was what they found. And that's exactly. the case. If the judiciary put him above the law mm -hmm. and beyond the reach of the courts, they'd be neutering themselves. The yeah. court would be making the judiciary a second class branch of government. Why would they do that? They're not going to do it. So they would actually no. go with the OLC opinion. They would say a president can't pardon himself. So now let's go to his kid, Don Jr. 
right? Let's assume he's in a conspiracy with Don Jr. I know stranger things have happened. And then let's assume he tries to pardon Don Jr. for crimes that were part of that conspiracy. We all know conspiracy law says every member of the conspiracy is guilty, responsible for every crime committed by every other member of the conspiracy, whether or not this conspirator personally participated in the crime because the law deems that collective criminal action is more dangerous than than criminals acting alone so they spread the liability around to try to deter people from entering into criminal conspiracies so under the same concept that you can't pardon yourself you can't pardon your co-conspirator because it is like pardoning yourself because you're equally guilty of that crime so you kill the conspiracy but yeah, and, and here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh my God, but I, but there's no precedent. Of course there's no precedent. Until you take a major legal voyage, you'll never have precedent. Can you imagine if we said Plessy versus Ferguson is the law, separate but equal, government-sanctioned racial discrimination. We can't go against that precedent. If that exactly. was the position we took, we would never have a Brown versus Board of Education. All of this, all these or Marbury positions are insane. Or Marbury v. Madison, stare yes. decisis. We, exactly. we we wouldn't have any. We wouldn't have judicial review. We could. We, we wouldn't have any case law. We could. We have to do something for the first time to make precedent. And we don't so, have to do that one. So what about, what about preemptive pardons? What about saying, hey, okay, this person, no matter what crimes they commit, yeah. they are off the hook. I mean, that sounds ridiculous to me. It is ridiculous, but the courts have. The Supreme Court has said a preemptive pardon is fine. A, a, a pardon by class or category of people is fine unfortunately i don't think he's gonna pardon the insurrectionists but you know you can pardon the draft dodgers that was fine as a class i now here's what i absolutely believe if donald trump says as it's being reported i ain't pardoning myself and i ain't pardoning my family that guarantees he's pardoning himself and he's pardoning his family. I believe you can, <laughs> you, you can issue It's the a decoder pocket. ring. It's the decoder ring. You can issue a Do you pocket. mean to say that he's a liar? Are you trying to tell us I'm gonna go out that Donald right? Trump tells lies? Oh. Um, you can issue a pocket pardon. There is, there is yeah. absolutely nothing in the law that says for a pardon to be valid, it must be announced publicly nothing right. we give people pocket immunity all the time and uh, that's another right. topic that i don't want to trail off into but um, you can you can don't easily get me yeah you can grant a pardon and you don't have to tell the public you've done it and the and the recipient doesn't have to pull it out so to speak until he or she needs it in court to defeat a criminal charge so, so the, he, i predict he's already given that's why when bill barr first broke from Donald Trump and said there was no election fraud, the first thing that went through my mind, he's got his pocket pardon. Yeah, probably because got he, it early. he wouldn't have broken with the president. Right. So there could be hundreds uh, of people that he pardons that we don't know about. We just don't, yeah. we, oh my gosh. Yeah. So well, what happens if these same people who then just did an insurrection now get their pardon, even if it's Roger Stone or Eric Prince or whomever, and then they decide to continue with an insurrection afterwards, are they? Are we not able to go after them legally at all because they've got this pardon to you forever be insurrectionists? You can only pardon somebody for a crime that is complete, which okay. actually puts some of these people in a trick bag because I believe some of these conspiracies are ongoing. So even oh, yeah. if Donald Trump yeah. pardons them today, 
if they are still trying to cover up their own criminal conduct to get away with the conspiracy and the crimes committed as part of the conspiracy, that's an ongoing crime and a pardon will have no effect. So we have some hope. And then let, me, let me just finish up with I agree. He, he absolutely absolutely have to challenge a presidential self pardon, because if we don't, we are going to hear Donald Trump nonstop saying that's proof positive that I did nothing wrong. Right. I no crime, because if I did anything wrong, they would have tried to prosecute me. So we have to attack this. We have to get after it. Results be damned. If the courts rule against us, let the courts rule against us. Then we know that we have nothing left to do but amend the Constitution to fix this problem. Mm. But let's start to take the fight to the criminals. Yeah. Mm. Yes. 100%. Anyone want to jump in? Okay. Uh, Greg, you be quiet. Anyone want to jump in with a question? I know there's a lot of voices tonight uh, before uh, I keep going on and asking more. I have plenty more, but I could. Anyone else want to ask? I was, okay. was going to circle back to something that we, that we said that we were talking about before, which yeah. is the, uh, and, and, and Glenn, you can, you can weigh in on this too, because this is a, a legal thing, um, which, which is the, the, the whole, um, the kind of back and forth between uh, privacy versus security. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and how that is. And I was thinking about Americans. T- we became aware of that, at least in social media, I think, because of Ed Snowden. And he's the one that was pushing very vocally privacy, 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 privacy. We you know, the government's trying to look at you, blah, 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 and sort of stoke these fears of government overreach. But now, in hindsight, we look back and say, this guy's a Russian asset. Yeah. And this is what he wants us all to think. Therefore, maybe this is a bad idea. And I, there's one way that I've changed in the last four years. It's that I'm very, very much in favor of national security over privacy. There is no, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't, I don't believe there is a right to privacy in the Constitution or anything. That was one of the things Snowden was big on. Um, I'm just, Glenn, I'm curious your, your, your thoughts on this. And, and Zev, a million years ago, you asked who, he think, who I think he's going to pardon. Yes. I really don't want him to pardon Snowden. I know. I know you mentioned that to me before. I was going to ask yeah. uh, Glenn about that, but, but let's hear his answer about security. Of course. Huh? Yeah, so so there's a constitutional right against unreasonable searches and seizures. So I actually think that's interpreted as a right to privacy against yeah. unreasonable government intrusion. And listen, yeah. it's so funny because I was teaching my criminal justice students at George Washington University today, the Fourth Amendment right against unreasonable searches and seizures. And I... I I talked to them all semester about how we need a wall, a long, tall, solid, impenetrable wall between government and the citizenry. And the Fourth Amendment provides that wall, right? The government cannot scale that wall unreasonably. Now they can scale it reasonably, they can scale it by putting enough evidence into an affidavit in support of an arrest warrant and getting a judge to sign it. Then they get to intrude on our right to privacy. But, you know, your question is a great one, and it's an eternal question. How do we strike the balance? And right. here we can only strike the balance in a case by case way, because every yep. case is intensely fact specific. But here's what I get tired of. We're so afraid 
that we're going to run afoul of, let's say, the First Amendment freedom of speech or the Fourth Amendment's right to privacy or right against unreasonable intrusion, that we never try to draw any lines because we're afraid we're either going to draw them in the wrong place or we're going to be criticized for where we draw them. That's what gets us to an unsafe place. We have to have the backbone to draw those lines with reasonable legislation building on everything we've just learned and everything we've just been through over the past four years, and then let the courts decide. People are so afraid to go to court and lose that the Department of Justice often does nothing for fear of looking bad in court. I've lost so much, much, I don't enjoy it, I don't embrace it, but I'm accustomed to it, so I don't mind going in and fighting. I usually won, sometimes I lost, and I learned my lesson, and I retooled and I did it better. All of this is so doable. It's so doable. Yeah. Glenn, I'm a civil rights attorney, so every day, you know, I do 42 USC 1983 cases, you know, false arrest, malprost, excessive force. So I'm always dealing with these issues. Yeah. I'm always dealing well, because I, you know, I, I see what my clients would go through, or if I'm doing an FTCA claim against, you know, the United States or something like that, or Bivens, you know, I, I see this every day and I struggle with this, like everyone else. I don't want to infringe upon a, an accused Fourth Amendment rights or Fifth Amendment rights or 14th, you know, whatever, whatever we run around. But at the same time, we need to put up guardrails with certain things. Yes. We, we need to ensure that we, you know, we don't sa- we, you know, we're not really sacrificing our freedom, but we need to protect ourselves from 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 onslaught from 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 enemies that will manipulate our freedoms that we hold so dearly here and 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 give us what we've just been through the last four years. You know what worries me is the is the is the is the line between government data and citizenry data and the big business. When you think about people like Palantir and those those big data mining operations that are taking you know our private data that is stored by the governments and is just and using it for whatever means for any client can come to them and ask them to to analyze it on their behalf and that's not that's not data that is not meant to go to them. We've given up all privacy on the data front, and I'm not a data guy. I am e incompetent, so I leave that <laughs> to people who are more competent to, to we, address. We, it we need data. We when I data talk to my wife about something, and Alexa hears, and then I get something on my phone saying "buy this," I'm like, okay, I, I give up. I, you know, yeah, it gets weird. It gets weird. Um, so, uh, LB, you wanted to jump in on something? Do you want to jump in or? I'm trying to remember now because you did the data thing. Oh, I think, look, the domestic terror, uh, I do think we're going to see some new laws come out around domestic terrorism and how we can classify it, what we enable the FBI to do once someone is labeled a domestic terror organization. I think that needs a lot of really careful uh, definitions as they go in to try to do that because you don't want a corrupt administration to happen again and for you know, we would be classified domestic terrorists and they're going to come after us just because we're, we're speaking. So it does get into First Amendment stuff, but I, we, I do think we have the skill set and the knowledge. And we actually have, uh, unfortunately, uh, quite a robust domestic terror, uh, uh, several different networks, but groups operating in, in the U.S. right now, obviously domestic. And what's interesting to me is that Several of these groups, especially the ones I was tracking early on, including uh, League of the South, the base, Oath Keepers, Proud Boys especially, they have uh, foreign help. They have, they actually, there's quite a lot of um, allegiance, allegiance between those groups and um, 
uh, other really right-wing extremist group, terror groups, especially in the former Soviet Union and in the Eastern Bloc um, and in Hungary and some other places. So I think maybe that's the first place that we can go and craft, like you can't get any foreign help, right? And then you're immediately going to be labeled a domestic terror if you have violent, you know, if your rhetoric and your intent and your recruitment and your radicalization is about uh, the intent of violence and violent overthrow of government, right? And so, and just sort of keep going down from there. Uh, but I think there's some easy connections we can make right off the bat to the international terror um, and the laws that we have around that and the prosecutions and the definitions we have around what a terrorist organization is and our existing domestic terror organizations because they're aligned with some of these groups and, uh, and uh, have the same uh, methods. Kind of go from there. That will help a lot, you guys. It really will help a lot if the FBI has everything they need um, to go out and and investigate and prosecute and bring these bring these people to justice. Truly. And, and can I follow up I on the that. domestic terror thing, yeah, Elvis? Because I think you're yeah. now finally going to see some domestic terrorism legislation, which has been lacking. Yes. But the other thing that yes. I'm so excited about is when you when you talk about domestic terrorism, particularly as it pertains to what just happened at the U.S. Capitol, I'm so excited that we're getting rid of, rid of unqualified lackeys like the acting U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, my old home for nearly a quarter of a century, and it breaks my heart because this young man, uh, Michael Sherwin, who goes on a press conference talking about what just happened at the Capitol and what he's asked by a reporter does this look like a domestic terror incident? You know what he says? I reject the tyranny of labels. Oh, really? To yeah. which I said, hey, sport, don't use tyranny <laughs> as a punchline when you're yeah. talking about an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. And then did you see the midnight three minute and 39 second video by the acting attorney general, Jeffrey Rosen? Did you see this? Thing? I haven't seen it. Actually, I saw it pop up, but I haven't seen it. Posted it at midnight, Zev. Yeah. Three minutes and 39 seconds. You know what he called the insurrectionists? What? They were wrongdoers. 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 Oh, boy. And they were oh, intruders. God. They weren't domestic terrorists. They weren't even criminals. They were ne'er-do-wells. Let's face it. This was just a good-natured <laughs> prank. This is what is so scary. guy, the acting attorney general for the United States. This is how he spun what happened on January 6th. Now, this is a guy who hasn't prosecuted so much as a traffic ticket. And he's the nation's top law enforcement officer, albeit fleetingly. But I'm so excited that these people will be gone. Oh, yeah. And Eric Garland's of the world, who used to be a prosecutor in my office. He's a bit of a quiet storm. Everybody thinks because of his demeanor, he doesn't have the fire in him. He's got the fire in him, particularly he when does. it comes to public corruption. And I know I know some of the names that are being floated for the U.S. attorneys in D.C. And it's it's going to be dynamite and i can't wait for accountability and for justice oh my gosh and transparency <laughs> can i get you one last thoughts because you know here we are the final day of the trump presidency we've all been working quite hard to to end this presidency it's finally over what are your thoughts going out of here so my thought, thoughts are we are going from a president who cares only about himself to a president who cares about other people. And I just finished a video that's gonna post on my YouTube channel in about an hour. And I circle back to what I am passionate about and that is homicides and holding accountable a criminal presidency, Donald Trump, 
Mike Pence, Jared Kushner for openers for preventable coronavirus deaths because the three elements of criminally negligent homicide, we can prove it in our sleep based on what those three men yeah. did and failed to do. And we, yeah. need, we need to step up for those 400,000 people that were lost and their families. We need to tackle this. Glenn, thanks so much. Um, Thank the you, The rest of you are sticking Good around with us. Great to see you. you we'll have you back on soon. Um, I do want to get right. everyone's thoughts before we leave, though, on the final day. I want everyone's, uh, if we can get around this horn here a little bit and see how you guys are feeling, because it has been a long, long, long fight, and it's over. I mean, it really is coming to an end uh, in the, by 12 noon tomorrow. So uh, start with you, Andrew. My thoughts. Um, I am psyched that we're going to have accountability back. Uh, I really, I feel a lot like Glenn. Um, I really want to see these uh, bad actors uh, answer for their their criminality. Um, I, I want to see them prosecuted. I, I want to see the president, pro, you know, I want to see Trump prosecuted. I want to see his family prosecuted. I want to see these 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 mob consortiums broken up. I want to see these domestic terrorists taken down. I, I want I want and anyone who messed with us, any foreign actors that have messed with us, are going to know we're back, and that's what I want. And and you know to make us a more responsible country, a more um, you know um, you know you know, answerable to, to, to the people, you know, I mean, I, I, there's so many things we need to do. It's, it's, you know, it's hard to really, you know, you know, encapsulate in, in, a, in a few seconds here. I mean, it's just so yeah. much stuff we need to do, but primarily I just think we just need to get our house in order and, and then we deal with what comes next. It has been a real reckoning for all of us. LB, how are you feeling? Oh, I, I'm a, I'm not on a roller coaster anymore. I, I do feel like tomorrow I, I, I have my Kleenex ready. Oh, God, just the relief of this, yeah. um, that we made it and we did make it. I'm so there's a part of me that's just so proud of America <laughs> for uh, throwing this asshole out, rising up and throwing him out and saying, yeah, nope, it's not who we are. We, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed he wasn't thrown out earlier. Um, I will be incredibly enraged if he's not prosecuted. Um, however, all of that, um, I think there's a massive reckoning that, uh, this nation needs to come to with, um, our black and brown citizenry and what this actually was all about. I do think it was, it, it, the, I mean, the fact that it was those, uh, it was black voters who saved us again, again, again. Stacey Abrams. Again, yep. again, you guys. And and what has, uh, what has our nation done um, for all of our citizens to be in order for them to be equal. Not enough, not even close. That's the reckoning that I'm ready for. I'm, I think the I think everything is so out in the open that the, that conversation can finally happen honestly. And anybody trying to hide and cover and say, oh, that's not what it's really all about, you know. That's what it is about. Fuck off, I'm speak, flicking you out of my, I'm flicking you out of my timeline. I don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> it was, it was I, I don't believe it was something that 
you know, it was, it was so important to me to get rid of the criminals, uh, this criminal presidency for, for the dangers that we were on, we were, if all, everyone was under, but now we need a full on reckoning of what that presidency was really all about um, and mm -hmm. what it surfaced and what we're having to face and confront. And I'm, I'm sick of the denial and I'm sick of us uh, as a nation uh, turning our back on our black and brown citizens it, it, who only come to save the day every fucking time. It's just outrageous. So I have, that's where my outrage is now. <laughs> mm. That's where it is now. But it's also so hopeful. It, it's hopeful. It's, yeah. hope, it's hopeful. And, I just, and the fact that we have a female, a woman, mm. a woman in the White House. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, it's you amazing. fuckers. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't let us in there forever. So she's it. And she's a woman of color at that. So, and she's a badass prosecutor. Oh, I'm so ready for Kamala Harris. By the way, he's going to I run the impeachment trial because uh, Judge Roberts does not want to. So that'll be Kamala Harris running the Trump's impeachment trial, which is. What? Yeah, I think Sounds that's what I read me. today. That's what I read today. I'm interested in that. <laughs> oh. Let's get it done. Greg, you started us off. Why did you finish the show today to talk a little bit about your feelings? Well, I, I echo everything that, that these guys said, but I just want to talk personally for just a, just a second. Um, you know, four four years ago, I sort of stumbled into into all of this stuff. I mean, I'm a novelist, you know, and uh, one of the silver linings of all of this is meeting you guys. I want to say just up front, it's been an honor to to get to know you and and uh, work with you, trying to you know get to the truth and and get the word out and 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 uh, you know help shape the narrative to use the the title of of the program here. Um, you know, it, it's been um, for all the horror of the last four years and will be I'll probably be writing about it for the rest of my life. I realized that <laughs> about two years ago, I was like, this is not going to end for me ever. I'm I'm just going to be just doing yeah. this, you know, this so much uh, dissect. yeah, I know yeah. It's, it, 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 it's there's so many characters and it's it's uh, we're going to learn so much that we don't know. Um, you know, we're going to have to keep or I'm going to have to keep on with it. But I want to say also to the people watching, I mean, think of what, what we're doing here. We're broadcasting a show where we're all in our respective uh, rooms somewhere around the not even the two different country and uh, broadcasting live to people that we know from Twitter. Um, when you stop and just think about just that, it's just <laughs> totally crazy. And I'm so grateful for um, everybody watching and everybody yeah. so smart and, and, and shares with us and, and uh, me and gives us ideas and inspiration and, and support. And, um, you know, it's been a, it's just been a crazy, crazy, there's no other word for it, but crazy. It's been yeah. a crazy four years. I, when I look back on it, I, I, I wrote in my piece this morning, I feel like I've been climbing up a ladder for four years furiously trying to get to the top so I can shout yeah. from the rooftops. Yeah. And only recently did I look down and was like, holy, you know, past on, in November, really, and looked yeah. down and said, shit, man, if I had fallen, this would have been bad, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think we're all there. We're all climbing this ladder and we're, we're way up high. And uh, but it's it. We did it. We fucking did it. We did and, it. Yeah. You know, years from now, um, we're going to be able to look back. Everybody on this panel, everybody that's been on the show, everybody watching the show is going to be able to look back on this time and know that we did as much as we could to stop this fucking guy. Yeah. And I'm really, really proud. Yes. Of that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. And we and we didn't only repel a president or you know get rid of a president. We repelled an invasion. And I think you know the dignity which America 
sustained these last four years because it's been turmoil in America and it's been nonstop turmoil. There's been crisis after crisis after crisis with no leadership, with so much corruption, with a president who couldn't even acknowledge the coronavirus deaths that were happening around us. And yet there's a dignity and a strength that America held up throughout this entire process. And we saw it during the protests in the summer. We saw it during the, the fight to get to the polls, the determination to get the, every vote counted. And we're seeing it now with this sort of the fortitude that people are facing, uh, have as they're facing this, this incredible siege that Washington DC is under. And yet we're still gonna do this. We're still going to do a, an inauguration of an elected president, democratically elected president, and it's gonna be fine again. And I think that there's so much that's in that that speaks to the strength of democracy and speaks to the strength of America, that there's a lot to go on uh, for all of us in the coming years. Yeah. America's strength uh, resides within its people. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.